If I could go back and start my voiceover business all over again, what would I do differently? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicezam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicezam.com slash markscott. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur, ready to give you some more actionable, practical advice that is going to help you to grow your voiceover business. In fact, this advice might help you to grow it a little bit faster, because what I want to do today is I want to look back. It occurred to me that it has now been 10 years since I pursued voiceover full-time. Now, even though I've been doing voiceover much longer than that, I thought, okay, a decade in full-time, maybe it's a good time to look back, take stock, think about some of the changes that have happened in my business, and decide whether or not there's some things that I might have done differently. Because the way I figure it, if there are some things that I would have done differently, given the opportunity to go back and start again, Maybe that's good advice to pass along to you as you're growing your voiceover business because maybe then you don't have to wait for 10 years to figure out some of these things. So I put a little bit of thought into it and I've come up with five things that I wish I'd figured out sooner. Five things that if I had the opportunity to go back, I would do it differently. And I hope that these are going to be inspiring and encouraging to you and Maybe they'll even set you down a slightly different path in your voiceover journey. So the first one is I really wish that I had been better about finding mentors early. There are way too many internet coaches out there. And some of them are genuinely trying to teach. But most of them are only trying to sell. And they don't actually care if you get results as long as they get a sale. Some of them will tell you just about anything that you want to hear if it means that you're going to buy their course, buy their product, buy their coaching, buy their consulting, whatever. That's all they care about. Can they make the sale? Whether or not the stuff actually works, whether or not the advice is applicable to you, none of that is really relevant. They just want to sell you stuff. They're really not coaches. They're internet marketers. And so... When you are navigating the early stages of your voiceover career in particular, it's hard to know who to trust because a really savvy internet marketer will make themselves look completely legitimate. A really savvy internet marketer will, because they are a savvy internet marketer, know how to build a following, know how to have a slick looking social media channel know how to say the right things and do the right things that will make you think that they can help you on your voiceover journey. And that's how they get you because they are savvy internet marketers. And so it's possible to be 
a great internet marketer while simultaneously being a lousy voiceover coach. There's a lot of those out there. And so when I was trying to grow my business, I was looking at some of the different people that were out there. And I mean, I have to say that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, there wasn't nearly as many as there are today. So I I didn't have it anywhere near as bad as, as people have it today. But it was really hard to figure out who my mentors were going to be. It was really hard to decide who was legitimate, who was worth listening to, who I could trust, who were the ones that were genuinely trying to help me to grow my business, who were the ones that had the best interest of the voiceover industry as a whole in mind. And they weren't just specifically trying to sell me things. And so if I had to go back and do it all over again, one of the things that I would be a little bit more cautious of are who I allowed to teach me. Now, I did have the very good fortune early in my journey of finding people like Anne Ganguza, Dave Corvassier, Paul Strickwerda, uh, who else? Uncle Roy was there early in my journey. Jay Michael was there early in my journey. And these were people that I did follow and I did pay attention to. And they were the good ones. And they certainly helped to steer me from some of the other ones, and not specifically because they sat me down and said, hey, Mark, don't talk to these people. But when you have a good mentor, and keep in mind, early in my journey, these were all virtual mentors. I, I didn't specifically speak to all of them early in my journey outside of you know social media. They were virtual mentors. Now I can call them all friends, but at the time, all virtual mentors. But The more that I paid attention to them and the more that I paid attention to the things that they were teaching, the more that I realized that they were the good ones. And that helped me to better identify the people who weren't the good ones, I guess is what you could say. And so that is one thing that I would certainly be a little bit more cautious of. And if you are starting out in your journey, probably the number one lesson that I can give you is to be careful who your teachers are. Find good mentors. And whether that means that you are in an actual mentoring relationship with someone where you talk to them, check in with them, you know, they're providing you with consistent advice, or whether it's in the form of a virtual mentor, which quite honestly, that's the vast majority of my mentorship as far as who my mentors are, I would classify it as virtual mentorship. But I think it's important that you find good mentors. And I also think that it's important that you look outside of voiceover. Now, Do you want people in your life and in your business who are inside of voiceover speaking into your voiceover business? Of course you do. But I also think that it is equally important to have people from outside of voiceover giving you that outside perspective. Some of my other early digital mentors were people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Donald Miller, John Lee Dumas, Amy Porterfield, Lewis Howes. Tim Ferriss. Do you recognize any of these names? A lot of them are big names. They're authors, they're podcasters. Gary Vee, obviously a social media superstar and marketing guru. These were all people that I was following very early on and paying attention to very early on, learning from them about whatever their chosen field of expertise was. Learning about marketing, learning about social media, learning about entrepreneurship, about business, about doing online courses, all of this sort of stuff. And so you can never have too many great mentors. And I hope that you understand that. And I hope that on your journey, 
you are able to find good people to speak into your life and business, people who you can trust, people who will guide you in the right way, and not just people who are looking to sell you something. So that's number one on the list. Number two on the list, if I had to go back and do it all over again, if there were five things that I wish I had figured out sooner, number two on the list would have absolutely been marketing. And that probably sounds funny to hear me say that now because everybody knows me for marketing and teaching marketing and coaching marketing and doing a podcast about business and marketing and videos on YouTube about business and marketing. But back in the day, I didn't have a clue. And so early in my career, prior to going full-time, which I did in 2012, my business was primarily built on casting sites. Now, at the time, I was part-time. So I was working in radio and that was my primary source of income. I, I mean, there was, a, there was a point where I thought voiceover could become a viable career, but early on it was really just making extra money because, I mean, for those of you that work in radio, you know that it doesn't always pay that great. And so I was reliant pretty much exclusively on casting sites. At that point in time, I had a couple of different memberships on a couple of different sites and I was making decent money off of those sites. I mean, I was probably averaging you know, between fifteen dollars and $20,000 a year, which when you're not really thinking about having a business, you're just thinking about supplementing an income, an extra fifteen dollars or $20,000 a year is really nice to have in your pocket. And so that's probably, you know, somewhere in there is in that range is what I was averaging those for those first few years when I was working part-time, but I was relying exclusively on casting sites. I didn't know that there was any other way to do it. But at some point, I had a conversation with myself and I would credit this conversation that I had with myself to some of the virtual mentors that I was paying attention to at the time. And the conversation went something like this. If there are all these people looking for voiceovers and they're coming to these casting sites to post these voiceover jobs, doesn't it stand to reason that there's probably more of these people and that maybe they're not all on the casting sites? And that maybe some of them are looking for voice actors in other ways, or maybe some of them need voice actors, but don't know how to find them because maybe they haven't found the casting sites yet. And so if that is true, then doesn't it stand to reason that if I were to try to find these people and connect with these people, I could build some relationships and grow my business. And that's literally the thought process that I went through. And so then I started marketing. And in the beginning, I will tell you that I was the world's worst marketer. Hands down, without question, I was sending the worst emails. I was saying the dumbest things. I, like, I just was doing everything wrong because I didn't know any better. If I had the opportunity to start all over again, I would have learned marketing so much sooner. I would have had that conversation with myself probably five years sooner. And if I had had that conversation with myself five years sooner, I would be so much further down the road in my career already. I put too much emphasis on casting sites because they were easy. They required very minimal effort on my part. I literally had to roll out of bed in the morning and there was a bunch of opportunities waiting for me. It was easy, but it was also limiting. And I think that's the distinguishing factor here that a lot of voice actors don't think about. They focus on the easy side, but they don't acknowledge the limiting side. What is the limiting side? There's only so many opportunities that are going to get posted there. And there's an awful lot of talent competing for that 
small number of opportunities. And so by making that your sole source of auditioning, you are limiting yourself. You're limiting the true growth potential of your voiceover business. That's why I wish that I had learned how to do marketing sooner, because then I would have had an extra five years at least of growth time in my business. If you're starting out now, or if you've been doing this for a while, but you've always been reliant exclusively on casting sites and agents or a combination of those two things, you are limiting yourself. You are missing out on potentially unlimited earning potential because you're not going out there and finding all of these other opportunities that exist. Because let me tell you right now, there is a lot of voiceover work that is getting booked on a daily basis that is not coming through casting sites and agents. You should want a piece of that pie. So if I had to go back and do it all over again, I would learn marketing and I would learn it so much sooner. Number three on the list, five things I wish I had figured out sooner, retirement. When you are self-employed, unless you are in the union, I suppose, but for those of us that are non-union voice actors, self-employed, non-union voice actors, you do not have a pension, which is something that I knew, but I guess it didn't really register with me. It never really occurred to me because, you know, when you're young, you're not thinking about retirement because retirement is so far away. Why would I be thinking about retirement when I could be spending all of my money right now? Why would I be thinking about retirement when I can buy a new car or buy this or spend it on that or take this trip or get this thing or whatever, right? I was young and I was stupid and I didn't know any better. And it did not occur to me that one day I would be responsible for my retirement. Have you ever played around with a compound interest calculator? It can be one of the most revealing and one of the most depressing things that you ever do, playing around with a compound interest calculator. Let me give you an example. And by the way, I am not a financial expert. This is not certified financial advice. All right, compound interest calculator. Let's say when you're 20 years old, you start putting $100 a month into an account. And you're going to do that until you're ready to retire at 65. So we're talking about 45 years of growth. $100 a month over 45 years doesn't really feel like a lot of money when you sit down and do basic math. You're like, oh, great. I set aside $100 a month and I do that for 45 years. We're talking about $1,200 a year multiplied out by 45 years is $54,000. Well, I can't retire on $54,000. And so then you decide, well, you know what? It's probably not even worth it. What you are not taking into account is the magic of compound interest. Now, if you take $100 a month and you put it into the stock market, put it into a relatively low risk ETF, for example, very common investment these days. It is entirely within the realm of possibility that you can, over time, average about 10% growth on that investment. $100 a month, 45 years, 10% annual growth. 
When you're ready to retire, you would have $1,048,250.17. Let me repeat that. $1,048,250.17. See, you sat down and you thought about $100 a month over 45 years equals $54,000. Yeah, well, factor in compound interest. Your $54,000 earns $994,250.17 worth of interest. That is ridiculous. And this is why I say that sitting down with a compound interest calculator can be one of the most revealing and at the same time, one of the most depressing things that you will ever do. Because what I realized was by not starting sooner, I have literally cost myself well over a million dollars in my retirement fund, which is incredibly depressing. Now, no point crying over spilled milk. I can't go back and do anything about it now. But what I can do is tell you to start sooner. What I can do is tell my kids to start sooner, right? Because I don't want them to miss out on that. I missed out on 15 years of compound interest growth by not starting my retirement account sooner. And it is hands down one of my biggest regrets. So if I had to go back and do it all over again, one of the things that I wish that I would have figured out sooner was to set that account up and start setting aside money for retirement so much sooner. $100 a month is not that much to set aside, but $100 a month over 45 years at 10% returns equals a pretty decent chunk of change when you're done. Now, in order for me to get to that same level, I basically have to set aside something like $22,000 a year as opposed to $1,200 a year. That's the difference in compound interest. That's in order to get that same amount in the end, because I lost all of that time, I have to set aside so much more. So if I had to go back and do it all over again, I would start saving for retirement sooner. And I cannot encourage you strongly enough to do the same thing. Sit down and play with the compound interest calculator. Figure it out. If I set aside this much a month or if I set aside this much a year and I do it for this many years with this much annual interest, and again, 10% is not unheard of. Yeah, you're going to have years where your returns are going to be negative, but you're also going to have years where your returns are 20 some odd percent. And so in the end, it all averages out. They say that the S&P 500 over 70 years averages about, you know, 10%. So generally speaking, 10% is not unheard of. And you can realize what a decent retirement you might actually be able to build for yourself. For all the social media platforms that are out there and for all of the stuff that happens on those social media platforms, every one of them offers you unique opportunities for marketing your voiceover business. But my favorite platform, hands down, is LinkedIn. And the reason why is because LinkedIn is still a network full of professionals looking to connect with other professionals for professional purposes. LinkedIn has also made more money for me than any of the other social media platforms. I want to teach you how to make money with LinkedIn. And here's the best part. Everything that I teach you about how to make money with LinkedIn, I'm going to teach you how to do with a free profile. 
I'm gonna be teaching a fully updated version of my Making Money with LinkedIn Masterclass on May 31st, 2022 at seven o'clock Eastern time. You can sign up for that class, you can attend live via Zoom, or if you can't make it, don't worry, sign up anyway. Everybody who signs up is going to get access to a video recording of the Making Money with LinkedIn Masterclass. I'm gonna talk about things like how to fully complete your profile, how to grow your network with qualified connections, how to build relationships, how to take advantage of LinkedIn advertising, how to use the jobs feature to find auditions, how to improve your SSI score, and so much more, including some special tips and tricks for how to work around some of the limitations of the free profile. But again, everything you learn in this class, you will be able to do with the free profile. Again, the masterclass happening live May 31st, 2022, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. But if you can't attend live, sign up anyway to get access to the video recording. You can sign up now at markscottcoaching.com. That's markscottcoaching.com. Now, back to our show. Number four on the list, this is another money one. It's taxes. When you go to a day job and you are collecting a salary, your taxes are taken off of your paycheck and you don't think about it. Whatever the amount of money is on the check or whatever the amount of money is that gets deposited, that's how much money you have and that's how much money you spend and save and invest and whatever else you're going to do with it. We don't think about taxes. When you are self-employed, you are now the employer and you have to think about taxes. And it's really easy when you're starting out to say, I can't think about taxes, I'm not making enough money. I can't think about taxes, I can't afford it. I can't think about taxes, I got to invest in this. I can't think about taxes because my mortgage is this. There's a thousand excuses. Trust me, I know. I used all of them. But here's the inescapable truth. The government doesn't give a rip. They still want their taxes. So whether you think you can afford it or not, whether you think you have the money to set aside or not, come tax time, the government wants their taxes. I can still remember the conversation that I had with my accountant on the first big tax bill that I got that I was not prepared to pay. When my income got over a certain threshold and I wasn't saving adequately, and all of a sudden I owe tens of thousands of dollars. You want to talk about a butt-puckering reality check? Find out that you owe the government tens of thousands of dollars and you didn't save appropriately for it. If I was able to go back and do it all over again, I would have started setting 30% of every check into a separate account from day one. I didn't start doing it until year four that I was full-time. I did not start saving adequately until year four full-time and that's because of the reality check that I got on my year three taxes. Now, depending on where you live, tax rates are going to vary. Depending on how much money you make, tax rates are going to vary. So again, not a financial expert. This is not financial advice. But I think you need to sit down and have a conversation with your accountant. And based on what you project your income to be, your accountant can tell you approximately how much you should be setting aside for taxes. For me, for a really long time, it was 30%. Now, I got to set aside 40%. Welcome to Canada. What can I tell you? But the point is, be prepared. Because you do not want to put yourself in a situation where the money's not there and you have to pay. Because it messes up 
everything. You want to talk about pressure? You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about anxiety? Don't save money for your taxes and then get a big stinking tax bill. Like I said, the government is always going to get their money, whether you're prepared for it or not, so you are better off to be prepared for it. Again, I have a totally separate bank account. 30% of every deposit, whether it's a $200 invoice or a $2,000 invoice, it doesn't matter. 30% automatically, as soon as that money lands in my bank, 30% gets transferred into a separate account. So when it comes time to pay taxes quarterly, the money is there and the stress has been removed. Be prepared for taxes. I don't ever want to feel like I felt that year that I wasn't. And I had to scramble hard to come up with that money. I don't ever want to do that again. Number five on the list, five things I wish I had figured out sooner. I wish I would have been brave enough to start sooner. I'm not one for regrets. Generally speaking, I look back at things I've done decisions I've made, opportunities that have come and gone, opportunities that have been accepted and opportunities that have been missed. And I don't really regret a whole lot. I learn. I admit when I make mistakes. I I find ways to do things better next time. I pull the valuable lessons out of all of those things. And I get on with life because really, what good does regret do you? At the end of the day, it, it doesn't change anything. But if there is one thing that I do have regret over now, it is that I didn't start sooner. And I know that I made the best decisions that I could make in the time that I was in with the knowledge that I had and the circumstances that I was dealing it with. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It's always easy to look back and say, I should have done, or I wish I'd done, or I could have done, right? Shoulda, coulda, wouldas. But I do wish that I had started sooner. I was so worried about finances and that I wouldn't have enough money because all of my life, all of my working life, I had had a regular steady paycheck, right? Every two weeks, I knew exactly how much money was going to be in the bank. And that allowed me to budget and, you know, figure out what I can spend and what I can save and all of that sort of stuff. And so it it, it took some of the pressure off. When you go into business for yourself, you don't have that same kind of security, Usually. I mean, even for me at this point, 10 years into my career, I have five figure months and I have three figure months. Like it's still up and down, right? I literally have had months where I've booked 20,000 or 25 or $30,000 worth of voiceover work. And I've had months where I've booked $700 worth of voiceover work. It's still all over the place. It makes it really hard when you're starting out and you don't have that security to be able to plan, to be able to budget, to be able to know what you can do, can't do, should do, shouldn't do. I wish I had started sooner, though, because when the opportunity finally presented itself, and by the way, I'm still a pansy, I didn't decide to do voiceover. I got thrust into it because I got laid off at my regular job. And so honestly, that was God saying, dude. I've waited for you to figure this out long enough, so I am going to force you down this path that I want you to take. You just lost your job. Like, literally, I'm sure that's exactly how it went. And one day I will have that conversation with him and we will discuss it. But 
I'm pretty sure that that was his way of saying, I can't count on you to figure this out, so let me just do it for you. But one of the things that I didn't anticipate prior to it happening was how incredibly motivating that it would be. When you're working part-time as a voice actor because you've got a day job, you have the security of a day job, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Because you know that if you have a bad month, it's okay. I've still got my day job. You know, if a job falls through, it's okay. I've, I've still got my day job. When you remove that security blanket, though, all of a sudden you have motivation like you have never experienced before in your life. And it's just time to get down to business and get things done. And that's exactly what I did. And that is why I was able to grow my business to the point that I was able to grow it to as quickly, in my opinion, as I was able to grow it. And I know there are voice actors that have taken longer to get there. And I know there are voice actors that have taken less time to get there. For me, I grew pretty quick, I thought, to where I wanted to go. And that was because I knew that it was all on me at that point. And that is incredibly motivating. I had never missed a payment on a bill in my entire life, and I wasn't about to start now. And that was incredibly motivating. You start sending the emails, where before, you don't have the time to send the emails, all of a sudden, you find the time to send the emails. You find the time to do the auditions. You find the time to have the conversations. You find the time to build the relationships. You find the time to find the work. It is incredibly motivating. Now, again, Hindsight is 2020. It's really easy for me to sit here 10 years later and look back and say, you dummy, why didn't you start that 10 years sooner again? At the time, I was doing the best that I could do with the information that I had. And I know that. And I give myself grace for that. But I'm taking a look back after 10 years and playing that scenario out where if I had to go back and do it all over again, what would I do differently? I would start sooner and be braver. And if you find yourself in a situation now where voiceover is what you've always wanted to do and maybe you're just not quite ready yet or maybe you have the comfort and security of that really good day job, I totally understand it. But I would also encourage you to give yourself a little bit more credit than you're probably giving yourself. Maybe you're a little bit braver than you think. Maybe you have a little bit more ability than you think. Maybe you should be giving yourself just a little bit more credit than what you're giving yourself. Because if you find yourself in the situation where you had to do it, I think you know that you would. And maybe knowing that would give you the courage to start a little bit sooner. So there you go. Five things I wish I had figured out sooner. I wish that I had found all of my mentors sooner and avoided some of the people who didn't have a lot of good to offer to my life and business. I wish that I would have figured out how to market sooner so that I didn't rely exclusively on casting sites for so long. And, and just to clarify, I am not anti-casting site. Use the casting sites. Just don't be exclusively reliant on the casting sites. I wish that I had realized that I was going to be responsible to fund my retirement a lot sooner. Because missing out on 15 years of compound interest has cost me a lot of money. Sit down with a compound interest calculator and figure it out. You might be surprised how little you can save and still grow a huge nest egg if you have the benefit of time. 
You can never start soon enough. I wish that I had figured out the whole tax situation sooner. I wish that I had sat down with an accountant sooner and really looked at my business with a business point of view, paying attention to expenses, finding new expenses, trying to figure out what my quarterlies were going to be, better anticipating all of that sort of stuff so that I was better prepared for it. It's one thing to make money in voiceover or in any business. It's another thing to keep that money. If you want to keep that money, you need to understand how taxes work. You need to understand how tax law works, or you need to have somebody on your team who can do those things for you. A good accountant will pay for themselves multiple times over in what they can ultimately save you. I wish I had figured out that tax situation so much sooner. If I had figured out the tax situation sooner, I'd probably have even more money in my retirement nest egg. And then finally, I just wish that I had started sooner. It has been an amazing 10 years in this business and the things that it has provided for me, the life that it has provided for me and my family has been absolutely incredible. I have had opportunities that I never would have had if I stayed in radio. And I'm grateful for every day and I'm grateful for every one of those opportunities. But I can't help but look back every once in a while and think, if only I had figured it out five years sooner or 10 years sooner and just made the leap and done the thing that I wanted to do. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope it inspires you to sit down and think about, are there things that you wish that you had done differently? And did you change them? Because here's the other thing. It's one thing to wish you had done things differently and just keep thinking about it. It's another thing to wish you had done things differently and actually implement changes, right? It's great to look back and say, well, I wish I would have started saving for retirement sooner. But if that's all you say, you failed the task. If you can look back and say, I wish I had started saving for retirement sooner, but I've started now, now you've made a change. I hope this inspires you. Figure out marketing, figure out retirement, figure out taxes, figure out mentors, whatever it is for you. But most importantly, just enjoy the journey. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAm player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voiceam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.